I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David. This is your new episode of Base Layer. I have Ian McMillan, the Chief Growth Officer at Mojito, an Endeavor portfolio company with me today. Ian, how are you? I'm doing great, David. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this. As I said in a quick disclaimer, if you will, uh, this is a portfolio company of ours and our venture fund uh, called Endeavor. Mojito uh, came on my radar almost nine months ago uh, as there was a story kind of whisper out there that a very large art house was working with a certain group out there to build out their metaverse marketplace. That kind of drew my interest, um, and I began to look high and low for it. And luckily, some of our friends in the space were able to point me to the right people. But we'll talk more about Mojito and about all the successes that you guys have had so far as a team over an almost very short period of time, almost a year now. We'll talk more about that. But what we'd like to do on the show, Ian, as I alluded to, is before Mojito, what did you do before Mojito? And how did you get involved in the world of digital assets and essentially become part of Mojito's story? Sure. Yes. So uh, prior to Mojito, I I feel like everyone I talk to has, everyone in Web3 has pretty uh, unique backgrounds. I think mine is not very conventional either. I started, my first job out of college was, uh, I was doing corporate tax um, for PricewaterhouseCoopers. uh, And that quickly changed into more of kind of a consulting role where I focused on tech M&As. Specifically, we did a bunch of divestitures for Microsoft, and I was on a small little team there that uh, worked in Seattle to help them sell portions of themselves, uh, which was which was interesting, uh, to say the least. And then I went from there to Nike, and I joined the Nike Corp Strat team as an analyst uh, two years out of school. And I stayed at Nike for nine years, um, left for business school, um, and then came back. But yeah, I had, had an awesome run at Nike uh, in roles from strategy to marketing to uh, retail. So I had an awesome run there. That's amazing. And how many times do people ask you for discounts? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my God, not enough, man. To be honest, I mean, I think, you know, living in Portland, Oregon, like everybody knows someone at Nike. Uh, and so it's pretty easy to get your hands on a discount cut. I often had discount codes go unclaimed. So something I, I felt guilty about at the end of each year. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about that. I, I'd love to get your insight. There's an idea that I've been kind of wrestling with in terms of this idea of the physical world in terms of, say, a sneaker and obviously the metaverse world that we're obviously building today. Uh, we'll talk more about that idea later. But so for Mojito, uh, why don't you give us the 101 about what Mojito is for those that are still obviously learning about everything that's happening in this new world that we're building? What is Mojito uh, and what if it's, what's its mission? Uh, well, our mission is to help onboard the world into Web3. Um, and I think we do that by supporting awesome, great Web2 brands in finding creative and strategic ways to, to enter Web3. Um, and we've actually been talking a lot about this notion of Web2.5, which is 
kind of that first step on the path to Web3. Um, and frankly, one that's easier as a first step than trying to go all the way there. And so I think uh, the easiest way to understand Mojito is like we're a trusted partner in helping Web2 brands find ways to commercialize their IP content or concepts as sellable digital goods. Um, and we provide a whole suite of products around not only getting them to market, just literally selling them, but also managing their communities once they're live, which <clears throat> I see as kind of the next and really important frontier. It's I, I think... I think minting is potentially already like commodity tech. Like it's it's pretty easy to do. I think there's some really awesome tools for creators out there. What's not easy to do though is to manage a project and a community once it's live. And so we have what we call a, a commerce suite, a community suite, and an engagement suite, each with their own kind of unique tools to help these brands and, and creators um, sustain a Web3 presence. So let's talk a little bit more about that. So for those that are, as I said, again, just getting versed in everything that's to deal with the metaverse and Web3. So you have facilities that allow you to mint an NFT, to create an NFT that could be artistic, that could be in a game, that could be in many different different factions. Um, but what you're alluding to is when you want to do things on a larger scale, not just have one, you know, simplistic, you know, NFT slash avatar or something of that nature. When you want to actually build out a strategy, when you actually want to build out something that has purpose beyond just something very simple. And the way that I've always thought about this, and I'd love for you to kind of opine about this, is that. Back in the early parts of the 2000s, you had those that started to realize that having a website, you know, especially if you were a retailer, was something that was going to be kind of important. You started to see the advent of Amazon, what they were able to do in terms of selling online. And so you started to see mom and pops and brick and mortar retailers start to develop websites. But back in the early 2000s, you had to know HTML and other code-based languages to be able to do that. It was not something where you could just go someplace and point and click. And then you had companies like Wix that came about, which obviously have then you know, spurred on you know, further adaptation and innovation, such as things like Squarespace. So with Mojito, how would you describe that in terms of the trajectory that I'm alluding to from the early 2000s, then around the middle of 2006, 7, 8, you started to have this injection of more tooling kits, SDKs, point and click that really started to create to the rise of a massive adoption in terms of e-commerce build out. Would you equate that simply uh, to what Mojito is doing or is there something else there? I mean, I think there's a, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. Firstly, I think there's a lot of different ways I could take that. And I think I'll just start with like, I, I do having seen kind of having a front row seat to how Nike used digital as a way to transform its business and frankly, to accelerate not only its sales, but also how it engaged with consumers all over the world, um, I, I think is a pretty great allegory for what I hope and believe will happen in Web3, which is most of these kind of iconic Fortune 100, Fortune 500 brands didn't have digital teams 10, 15 years ago. Um, and they started to see the value of the channel. Um, and obviously where there's opportunity, that's where you should send the resources. And so we're not yet at a point where a lot of the companies, frankly, that are reaching out to Mojito on a daily basis don't have like a Web3 function um, underneath the corporate umbrella yet. And so 
they're coming to Mojito asking for everything from like consulting to what change should we mint on to how should we think about utility in these projects. Um, and my hope is that as the market evolves, there will be more and more education and frankly adoption at the kind of corporate level, which will lead to specific focused Web3 teams. And that's where I think you'll see a lot more tools for devs um, and a lot more kind of self-sustaining business uh, going forward. Um, and I think Mojito playing less of a role as a consultant and kind of creative conceptor and more of just like that infrastructure layer that just helps people do what they want to do simply, easily, um, and at scale. So I'm going to ask you to put your old Nike hat back on for a second and talk to us about from the lens of a corporate like a Nike. So for those that are out there that are in corporates, that you as alluded to, a lot of them have already started to have their digital imprint on uh, kind of their business. But things of like the metaverse, for instance, are a little different. If you are running a sneaker company, that's a physical good. That's something you put on your feet. That's obviously something that you you know potentially use athletically or et cetera, et cetera. And so something on the metaverse, obviously an NFT of some, on some sorts um, is different. Um, and it facilitates or it kind of talks to a different demographic. I'm curious if you can opine about this. What do you think the influence of 3 billion gamers around the world has had on corporations like Nike to make them realize that, you know, having metaverse imprints like that are going to be key to their future growth? Man, I think it just goes back to, to time and data. And I think more and more data is showing us that like digital is becoming this irreplaceable part of our lives. Um, I might have a little bit of a contrarian view, I think, though, when it comes to like the metaverse and what it should be um, or what it could be. I, I do. I do. I, I should just say this up front. I, I'm hopeful having not only read and loved Ready Player One and seen the movie. I, I really hope that the future of humanity is not like waking up and plugging in to a computer to live your life. Um, I think the best use cases for digital are, are use cases that enhance the real, the everyday, the connection between human beings. Um, and I do think there's a lot of that already present in gaming. I, I mean, I'll speak for myself, um, not someone who's an avid gamer anymore, but certainly growing up in college, uh, that's kind of the way that I stayed connected with my friends as we all dispersed all over the country to go to different schools. Um, and also just a great way that I built community with, I played football in college. And one of my favorite things to do with my teammates was to like sit around and game together. And so I think that's a great example of just like digital creating community, um, helping create culture um, and helping people that are important to each other stay connected. Um, and so my, my hope for the space is that we see a bunch of really interesting new use cases that spring out of kind of that vein um, and companies like Nike and others that are kind of like positioned towards IRL sports and, and culture and things like that. I mean, there's just a natural intersection for all these things coming together as digital, again, becomes just kind of an irreplaceable part of our lives. So walk us through a little bit of the under the hood of Mojito. Say you are, you know, let's just do a hypothetical. Say you, someone who's listening to this represents or works for a team at a large corporation uh, and has really been trying to figure out their Web3 strategy. Um, how would you kind of, what are some of the things that Mojito offers them that, you know, you would be able to talk to them about? Well, I think first what we'd like to do is just get a sense for the brand and the direction of the company. Um, I think something that's become really, really common. And frankly, I think it's been part of every conversation we've had with some awesome brands is like, 
doing it in a, in a way that's not only authentic to Web3 and the Web3 community, but also finding ways to bring along the Web2 consumer. Because again, take, take Nike. Nike's about to celebrate their 50th anniversary, uh, I think next month. And there have been not only tons and tons of humans, but small businesses that have supported the brand over the decades to help build Nike into what it is. And that's a story that's common and shared amongst a lot of different brands. And I would like, I think a great example of bringing your community along is a project we just got to market for the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, in celebration of the playoffs, launched a test membership program and it's token gated. Um, and they, instead of selling it, used claim codes and they distributed claim codes to their most engaged fans in Milwaukee. Um, and the claim code enabled <clears throat> each holder to mint a free NFT. And with that NFT, they got access to a VIP viewing area at the stadium uh, for the playoff games, discounts on local food and beverage uh, options surrounding the stadium, and then access to merchandise. And of course, they're going to be doing a ton of like surprise and delight around this community throughout the playoffs. But to me, that was a really cool example of launching a, a new technology, an NFT, um, and showing a really interesting, fun, and I think emerging use case, which is like token-gated IRL experiences um, and creating a community around it and, and rewarding the community that you already have. So to me, that's a pretty cool example, but I think is, is more emblematic of what Mojito does, which is like, let's get really clear on your goals as a business and where a Web3 or NFT strategy makes sense. But again, there's also a lot of use cases where like it doesn't have to be an NFT. And so we're not here to like push solutions on people. We're here to like solve together and find new ways to expand your brand and engage with new audiences and, and engage old audiences in new ways. And so I think that's kind of how we think about the world. This is the interesting thing for those that are listening right now is that I think a preponderance of you know the information that has come out, the articles, the press has been focused on things that are more artistic, that are more you know, things of Board Ape, Yacht Club, all that type of stuff, Moonbirds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and if you don't know what those are, feel free to reach out. And obviously, we'll give you some insight into that, or you can go online and search what those are if you don't know what they are. But that, I think, I have always described as the first level of NFTs, of Web3, uh, is this idea of a collectible. What you're talking about, I think, is where you start meeting technology to what I've always defined as the Disney experience. If anyone has gone to a Disney property uh, over the years, they know how to do experience better than anybody out there, in my opinion. Um, you just feel like you were a part of something. You have your band and you go about and you go to all the different rides. You go to all the different things that they do there, whether it's Star Wars et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's an experience. Uh, even where their hotels are an experience that prolongates the overall experience. Disney has knocked that down for years and years and years. And what you just described with the bucks is what I described as how NFTs and Web3 marry with the experience and it becomes experiential. This I think is incredibly important because not only do you have the collectible, but as you alluded to, and I think a lot of people don't realize that this is happening, you have the collectible, which people are starting to understand, but then you also have how it untaps and unlocks all of these other experiences that happen in real life. This, I think, is something that is incredibly innovative 
Uh, and I think a lot of people don't know about it yet. And so hopefully uh, they'll learn a little bit more about it uh, as they're listening to us talk. I'm curious. So beyond the bucks, you know, have you been noticing more in the line of sports teams that are reaching out to you for that? More in the line of brands like Nike? Where do you really see a lot of growth coming from? Who do you think, you know, really kind of sees this first as, a, you know, as a first mover in this space? Um, is it is it those sports brands? Is it the the clothing brands? Who do you think is the first the ideal first mover here? Ooh, great question. Um, I'm going to flip it on you actually a little bit. So one of our lead investors is CAA, Creative Artist Agency. Yep. Um, and they not only have been just amazing partners in helping us just push the vision and, and kind of our, our feature set and our product roadmap, but have also been bringing us just A-list talent. And, and I think as you look at the world of kind of celebrities, writers, athletes, each one of these are, are important in terms of like, they all have fan clubs. They all have communities that, that they are deeply connected to and immersed in. And, and I think what I think is a really interesting use case, as you just described, is kind of this idea of like fan clubs, member clubs, reward programs, where you can token gate any physical experience and any digital experience. And the token can become collectible. The token can have tiers. Um, and, and again, like not to name any specific names, but we've, we've been working very closely with several of CAA's kind of most prominent um, uh, celebrities. And that's probably the right, creators is probably the right way to say it. Artists. Mm-hmm. Um, building out some of these experiences. And, and I, I'm really excited for a world in which, again, it's just giving tools to creators to, to further monetize and engage their audiences. And I think there's thousands of these types of communities across sport, across any kind of medium um, that can be activated in this way. So I think that there's pretty interesting use cases there. So one of the things that I was alluding to uh, earlier on is this idea, and again, you know, going back to this idea of marrying the Web3 metaverse with the physical. And so going back again to your past at Nike, you know, one of the things that I'm very interested in, and I'd love to hear you guys think about how Mojito thinks about it, is if I am, you know, diehard to a brand, and obviously anyone who has ever looked outside of an Apple store when they release a new Apple phone knows that there are diehards for brands. Um, anyone, obviously, when there's a new Jordan, you know, pair of sneakers that comes through, there's always lines there. So brands obviously are able to really connect with people in very specific ways. But for this, you know, what I'm thinking, and I'm wondering what you think about the future here is that wearables, you know, things that we wear every day, sneakers, you know, watches, et cetera, et cetera, hoodies that are also married to the metaverse. Um, and obviously the metaverse can be anything between sandbox, the central land, somning spaces, whatever you want to talk about in terms of the metaverse. Um, what do you think about this continuance? And you alluded to it a little bit earlier before this continuance. And what do you think Mojito's places in this continuance of the physical, like a sneaker, you know, something that you're wearing on your person that's connected to the metaverse? What do you think about that? I think it's a super logical continuation of what's already a very common human behavior, which is how you look says something about who you are um, and what you choose to wear, whether that's a brand, whether that's a watch, whether that's a car you drive, you don't wear a car, but you get my point. Um, It says something about you. And for some people, that's a really important thing for others. Like my dad, not to throw shade at my dad, love the guy, couldn't care less what he's wearing as long as it feels good. 
Um, so I, I do think there is a very logical continuation of those folks that care and want to signal being part of a certain community or holding a certain set of values. Um, it's only logical that as we spend more time in digital places that we also will want to communicate things non-verbally. And I think a great way to communicate non-verbally is visually. Uh, and so that leads you to digital sneakers, digital hoodies, um, and things like that. So I think there's a huge, huge opportunity there. Um, and what's exciting to me is the composability of being on chain where you're not stuck in one experience. Um, you can take that hoodie, that pair of shoes across the ecosystem, um, and show up that way, which I think is pretty fun. I think a last question, and it's not a trick question, nor is it meant to really, you know, get you caught up here, but so one of the things obviously with Ethereum based NFTs is, you know, obviously anyone can Google this is that there's obviously something called gas with that. Obviously, for those that are not familiar, because again, you know, a lot of institutional investors listen to this, they may not necessarily know what gas is, except for something that they potentially put in their car if they're using a non-EV car, is a charge or a transaction, a little added, you know, kind of um, additional Ethereum that you would put on that. So the transaction goes at a quicker uh, velocity. And so gas is something that is associated, you know, when there's more traffic on Ethereum, i.e. more transactions, the gas usually has um, gone up when it become fairly onerous. And so I'm curious, as you think about, obviously you alluded to, you know, interoperability uh, as you're thinking about, you know, kind of growth of Mojito. What do you think about this as a, you know, as we're moving to a multi-chain world, um, and as I alluded to, obviously Ethereum has had gas. Are you looking at L2 solutions like Polygon um, or Arbitrum or Optimism? Um, are you looking at other layer ones to also work with, you know, like the avalanches of the world, the Solanas and the flows of the world? Tell us a little bit about that under the hood. Sure. Yeah. So we we are chain agnostic. Um, I think we are just trying to always be of service to our customers. And so where there's demand is is where we build and, and where we are. I think speaking in specifics for, for where we are today, we currently, 100% of our customers have come and asked for either Ethereum or Polygon. Um, and so we, most of our projects have been built on, on those two chains. Specific to, to Polygon, the Bucks was done on Polygon. Um, and one of the reasons they chose that that L2 is because not only super duper low gas fees, but also um, as far as like environmental impact is concerned. And that was something that was really important to the franchise. Polygon is one of the leading L2 solutions for that. And so that's kind of w- where we are today. But uh, again, we we are chain agnostic and, and hopeful to get more customers that want to build in other places as we continue to round out kind of our product suite. Awesome. As we're rounding up, Ian, what I always like to do at the end is kind of what the future is. And obviously, we don't have crystal balls. And so, you know, the world is a crazy world, especially in digital assets. But for the next six months or so, for the remaining of the year, what do you think that we should be looking out for from Mojito? What do you think are some of the big uh, milestones that are going to happen this year? Um, Let's see. I I think kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier, I think if the kind of the first era of NFTs was like art on chain and collectibles, I'm really excited to see the future of play to earn um, as that continues to evolve. Uh, I, I just think that's fun and cool. And, and again, I just a, an interesting use case, especially some of these solutions that are doing like the token might be on chain, but the game might not. Um, and I, I think that's like an interesting kind of example of a web web 2.5 solution. 
Um, so play to earn is something I'm keeping an eye on uh, just because I think it's interesting and, and something that I'm involved with personally. Um, and then outside of play to earn, I think back to what we talked about, which is kind of just membership, the future of membership, rewards programs, fan clubs. I think as, as we as a, as a Web3 industry can start to really show clear utility such that people can't say, oh, okay, I can just right, right click, save this JPEG and then I have it. Like the digital art thing wasn't clear to, to the masses, I think, the, the, the value of it. And so I think it's really on us to start to continue to add utility to NFTs and communicate and educate in a way that's like sensible and fun and clear. So I'm also excited about kind of the future of just education and how people start to come down the rabbit hole with us in, in fun and compelling ways. Well said. And Ian, where can people find out more about Mojito? Mojito.xyz. It's funny. I actually have been a couple of the brands we've been working with. Our website is actually blocked on their uh, like intranet or whatever. Their VPN doesn't allow Mojito.xyz. So you can you can find us on Mojito.xyz. And if you have to turn off your VPN, um, if you're working at a, at a legacy brand and you can't access the website, you can find me on social at Ian McMillan um, on Twitter specifically. Um, and we all have a, a kind of an inbound request form on our website, too, if anybody wants to reach out. We'd love to chat um, and talk all things brands and, and Web3. Awesome. Ian, Chief Growth Officer at Mojito. As I said, again, we've been following Mojito for almost a year now and have seen just explosive growth from the team, world-class team that they've built there, with including people like Ian that have come on over the last few months to really propel um, the whole team in terms of their growth. Ian, thank you for coming on the show. Hopefully we can have you on again in a few months and catch up. Hey, we'd love that, David. Thank you for the time. And I just realized I forgot to mention uh, our Twitter handle, our corporate Twitter handle, which is sure. Mojito underscore NFT. And that's, we put out a lot of case studies and, and recent work. You'll see a, a great case study. of We did a great launch for Liverpool Football Club. We got the bucks on there. So that's where we kind of funnel interesting insight, information and research as well. So follow along. Awesome. We'll make sure that we put that in the notes and take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets.